The following content combines crude language and deeply problematic, off-the-cuff takes for the purpose of delving into topics that someone else can probably discuss way more articulately. It's like three over-caffeinated chimpanzees playing operation. Remember, no one deserves to be punished just because some ideas are stupid. Let's investigate that. Did that trigger you? Yeah, but not in any way that makes any logical fucking sense whatsoever. You can <laughs> see really a terrible idea, and I feel like I made a mistake. You know, actually, I do have a funny, a, a funny thing about sex moves. But it's not, like, and it's not like you can just do a sex move whenever. Are you ready for are you ready for a prostate exam? Like Always. are you prepared? Yeah. Always? <laughs> <laughs> Always. Well, Always not, loosen up back there. Not always. Like there are times when I'm actively needing to take a dump, which probably isn't a great time for the prostate exam. I I wonder in the history of modern medicine how many times has somebody attempted has a medical professional attempted to offer a prostate exam only to find feces caked in the way Define caked in the way <laughs> like i would imagine they i would imagine it happens a lot that somebody has one on deck because they're not expecting a prostate exam i would think that happens i didn't think i'd have but... to define caked in the way it <laughs> no. seems pretty self-explanatory like completely, completely I... blocked off like i don't know like unable feel... to reach the prostate i feel like they would send you to the restroom first i was hoping they'd just dig it out and keep going no, they don't like to so, do that. So, have you ever seen uh, the movie Alive or read the book Alive about the Brazilian rugby team? Brazilian? Chilean rugby team that crashed in the Andes in the 70s? South uh, American. South America? Yeah, whatever. Do they give each other prostate exams? No, but uh, apparently uh, constipation was such a huge issue that they each had designated poop sticks that they would uh, use every now and then to just dig out the poop. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Designated poop sticks. Is a yeah, great they name. had poop sticks. It would be a great name for this episode. You know what I really... <laughs> I, I do not understand that drive to live. <laughs> yeah, like being able to eat somebody. Or to dig out like your own poop with a stick. <laughs> about the same. Yeah, it's about the same. The same level of discomfort, I'm sure. Yeah, I I would die before I did either of those. Wouldn't it just jam the poop further in? Well, I mean, I would imagine it's like, I don't know, when you're trying to clean out a clogged pipe or something, you just got to wiggle it around a bit. Maybe there's a really thin stick. Damn. We could, um, I mean, I think what we'll need to do if we're not prepared is just do our own self prostate exams. Uh, I guess I'm just going to welcome everybody to Mansploring. Uh, I'm here with Dan and Chuck. Uh, welcome, I think. Thanks for having me. And I'm already sorry, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to try to use this episode as an opportunity to reclaim the word traffic, like as a verb, to reclaim it for the positive. Because it's only ever used and describing bad things like drug trafficking and human trafficking. But I feel like it's a nice word and it's fun to say, and we need to reclaim it for trafficking things like love or fruits and vegetables or, uh, you know, organs that people need for transplants or dental floss or just whatever else is like helping like the Just world. start calling vacations self-trafficking. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. traffic myself to Florida for the weekend. I love it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I feel like traffic ex traffic itself doesn't really have a negative connotation unless you're talking like contextually about road traffic that you're stuck, stuck in. I mean, but I feel like, yeah, if you traffic in books or fruits and vegetables or even drugs, then you're fine. You traffic in people... That's a little suspect. Love trafficking. A little, a little. sounds <laughs> drugs. Drug traffic. Uh, love trafficking sounds like a euphemism. As soon as you take the word traffic, I mean nobody really likes traffic to begin with. But as soon as you take the word traffic and you put a K on it and you make it a verb, like we know that some dark shit is being referenced, and I think that's unfortunate. And I love this self-trafficking idea as like the new yep. model for vacationing. 
or as our UK friends would call it, going on holiday. So how exactly would that work? Like you drive yourself to the airport, put yourself on the plane, drug yourself so that you're unconscious, and you you wake up in a strange country. That's pretty much how I travel anyway. Yeah. Just because I'm doing it first class and it, the drug of choice is a rum and coke doesn't yeah. mean that's not how it works. Give give somebody else your passport so that you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're wondering how, how people vacation. Make a make a little adventure for yourself. Yeah. If somebody else drives you to the airport, does that make them an accomplice? Oh, for an sure. An associate trafficker. Literally. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to be taking a trip overseas in a few months. Okay. Uh, so we could think of all the exciting things I could traffic besides just myself and my partner. Maybe we'll traffic some sex toys. I understand what you're getting at now because it just made me think, well, obviously you mean smuggle illegal things. That's the only <laughs> thing I thought of when you said that. So I was like, oh, what are what are some illegal things that you could smuggle? Nah. I'm thinking of expanding the trafficking to reference like... Just anything that you're moving around. Oh, yeah, I guess. Like, that's why I think the word, like, we already have a word for smuggling. It's, it's, it's smuggling. Smuggling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, smuggling is kind of an ugly, you know, like dirty hobbit kind of sounding word. Like, we need, we've got that one covered. We don't need to, to sully the word trafficking. We can retrain claim trafficking as something that's fun and positive. And... But doesn't trafficking imply like a systemic, uh, large-scale operation more than smuggling does? I don't know. If I'm drug trafficking, can I just do that myself? I don't think so. I think you have to be in charge of other people who are smuggling drugs. Yeah, I think trafficking invol- it, like it implies bulk. So you wouldn't traffic in a book. You might traffic in a book at a time, but you're, you would be trafficking in books. And I so, know, I feel like, but, and I know you said you wanted to, to lean away from the illegal smuggling, but if you get some European Kinder Eggs, you should absolutely try and traffic those back. I'm consulting ye old dif- uh, dictionary, not the Department of Justice, not the Department of Homeland Security. Where's the damn dictionary? I guess both definitions are okay. Human trafficking involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some, obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. Uh, that's human Wait, trafficking. Really? Because wouldn't that be wouldn't that make all sexual assault human trafficking then? Uh, I think you, if you take them somewhere else, I think. I think or that, maybe you have to give them to somebody. I else. think when it says the word labor, probably uh, implies like it's a continuous. Mm, yeah okay okay yeah uh so dictionary.com deal or trade in something illegal it actually doesn't say uh where's where's my merriam-webster for crying out loud did it just say that it was that had to be illegal in the definition all right trafficking webster here we go the act of buying or selling usually illegal usually illegal goods Okay. So it just says buying or selling. It doesn't say anything about transport. That is that is really interesting. Iowa is associated with transporting. I yeah, it always I was like, well, yeah, obviously, you know, because in the in action movies, the weapons traffickers are always the people mm-hmm. who are transporting the guns and then also guarding the guns when the people show up to the, like the protagonists show up to blow up and. Yeah, and it's the arms dealer that is the one selling them. Yeah. So interesting. Again, we already have a word for the buying and selling. It's called dealing. We don't need to sell you the word trafficking for yeah. that function. I'm coming around to this. I think it's because of the word traffic. We may just assume that it involves moving things. But maybe it's an entirely different word that with an entirely be. different like etymology. Entomology? Which one's yeah. about Et- birds? Et- etymology Neither is words. Entomology is bugs. Ornithology is birds. Ornithology yeah. is birds. Ornithology. Okay. And hornithology is... A song by the Buzzcocks. Is it really? Uh, no. Okay. Orgasm Addict is, though. What do you two think of the Pixies? I haven't listened to the Pixies on purpose, but I've liked everything that I have heard on accident. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like the Pixies. That sounds like a wonderful review. 
I've not listened to them yeah. on purpose, but I like everything I heard by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in a in a little bit of a '70s punk phase right now. '70s '80s punk phase. That's pretty interesting, and also totally unrelated to the Pixies, since they're a '90s band. They were '80s, weren't they? They started in the '80s, went through to the '90s. Uh, like they were part of the whole post-punk Pixies scene, weren't they? Pixies formed in 1986, but they didn't get well known until the '90s. So that's an interesting question. Are they an '80s band or a '90s band? Does oh. it matter when when they started? Or when they became big. You know what? I'm wrong. They they disbanded in 93 and then reunited 2003, it looks like. Anyway, their uh, front person is called Black Francis. Is or was? Because they had multiple front people, didn't they? Black Francis is still alive and is white. Birth name, Charles Michael Kittrich Thompson IV. I can see why he changed it, but oh my God. Now, yeah, so Kim Deal was originally bass player. Okay, that's who I'm thinking of. Black Francis Kim, sounds Kim like Deal. a goat's name. Black Francis sounds like the name of somebody I would expect to be black. Oh, absolutely not, no. No? No. That Only if it was a nickname. So, you guys don't follow sports, but... There was a funny controversy on social media a few days ago when the Celtics uh, played a lineup that was uh, that somebody on social media called the all-white lineup because it consisted of four Caucasian players and then a player named Derek White, who was black. <laughs> and that was a, a controversy why? That was the all-white lineup. Just because people hilarious. reacted to it because they thought it was... Racially insensitive or uh, racist to point out an all-white lineup or no, something. that's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they those trafficking people, in humor. Yeah, those people should get a life and or a hobby. It was but, it, it, you can't call it the Aryan supremacy lineup. Yeah, completely different. Right, it's just the white lineup. Yeah, that would be like uh, four white players and Kanye West. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Right. Is he a white supremacist or is he just anti-Semitic? He's he is what I have started calling a Hitler enthusiast, because people get weird when you when you say, okay, this person endorsed Nazi ideas and expressed admiration for Hitler, so I'm going to call them a Nazi, and they're like, and they would say, oh well, how do you know he's a Nazi and he's not a member of the German Nazi Party in 1940 whatever, so. I've started saying, yeah, I've started saying Hitler enthusiast because he's very clearly a a Hitler enthusiast and that's undeniable. What do you, what do you make of the controversy that comes up every now and then in the world of sports about males versus females? For example, recently there was this debate about whether a top boys high school team could beat a WNBA team or whether a team of four Caucasian NBA players with Kanye West could be a WNBA team. <laughs> I think it is fucking stupid. Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of kind of ancillary problems that we need to get rid of first. But ideally, I think that all sports should be co-ed. I'm looking up ancillary. I have a very hard time carrying at all about that issue yeah i'm struggling to embrace the word ancillary having a subordinate subsidiary or secondary nature people who use the word ancillary are ancillary in my mind (laughs) well no i mean did you just call dan a beta (laughs) dan's a beta cuck (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of otherwise related problems i guess you could say that we would have to deal with first because i mean there's there's the kind of like general patriarchal culture and baseline sexism that kind of permeates all all american culture at least but culture in general and sports culture i feel like in particular yeah i think that i think that sports should be co-ed what do you think about chess 
Well, interesting. That's an interesting one. Like it's you can't really dispute that, you know, all of the top players are men or identify as male. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the top 100 players in the world, I think one might be female in terms of rating. But nobody really explains why that's the case. It's usually, I think, attributed to males are more encouraged to play and there are more of them playing. Yeah, it's the, it's the STEM problem. It's the same reason that men are so dominant in STEM fields. Yeah, women are actively discouraged, not... Yeah. Uh, it's something that I see a lot in, like, for example, card games. I'm I'm not going to talk about the game of Snap, but in the community of Snap, there was something like this. There was a little controversy like this uh, that I did not bring to the podcast because I feel I feel like you guys would have heard me say Snap and then immediately been like, no, no. But no, it was there was an invitational and it was like all dudes and then. Uh, one of the the guys bowed out, and he's he's like, "How about you invite a lady?" There's lots of like lady content creators, and I th- the point was also made that it was an invitational, so it's not like they they were inviting like the top sixteen players on the server or whatever. They it was let's just invite some people and have a little show tournament. Yeah, and there was a a lot of discussion in the community about. Uh, whether or not women should should have been invited the uh prevalence of autism is in males versus females is about four to one diagnosed right the prevalence of diagnosed (laughs) autism excellent point anecdotally i know four women who have been diagnosed as autistic and no and one man i think but I wonder if autism as it presents in females involves the Dustin Hoffman calculating stuff that you need in chess as much as it does in males when autism is in males. Oh, I think it, it presents in a variety of ways for a variety of people. Like I saw, actually I saw a TikTok of this woman who is autistic and she, she has uh, dog breed autism basically. That sounds disrespectful. Are you saying she's a bitch? No. <laughs> of course not. I think you were. No. I'm I think saying... you were trying to be fancy, was... like delicate again, and not wanting it... to say the actual thing. I can't no. call her a bitch, so I'm going to say she has a dog breeding <laughs> no, problem. Uh, that, no. No, 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 no. It, the TikTok was, was her and like her friend or sister or, or whoever uh, going around this dog show and... Like, you know, the person behind the camera would be like, what's that one? And then she was she was just rattling off, like, by sight to, like, this extremely specific dog breed. This one, this one, this one. And she, like, just came back at them instantly. I'm sorry. In the, the same way that, what? I'm sorry. What? But, like, dog breed autism isn't going to hold up in competitive chess. Like, you know, it's, not, it's not the same level of, like, calculating brain involved in, like having a 2800 score as a chess player right but what i'm saying is that uh you know she had dog breed autism and some men have uh plane and train autism that doesn't mean that they're especially like chess players but i think that gaming in particular is uh, gaming is often hostile to women the community uh and I think it would be doubly hostile to women who had uh, calculator or card game autism. Are we underestimating the role of testosterone in competitive energy? Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that we are falsely equating uh, autism and the spectrum disorders with uh, being a savant. With savantism. Good, good for us. That seems yeah, like mean, just the type of thing that is on brand for us i'm not yeah i'm not complaining okay it yeah (laughs) just pointing it it out (laughs) yeah it is actually it is actually very good and i like pointing that out for listener that yes we are deliberately conflating and simplifying this in order to make the conversation easier like yeah the the, the whole thing about autism is not like it really doesn't have anything to do with being a savant right it's 
Right. You get interested in a very specific thing and then just focus on that thing all the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's dog breeds. Sometimes that's chess. Sometimes that's trains. Yeah. Sometimes that's fan fiction. Like, You're also interested in it on a pretty fact-based level. Like you remember and store tons of information about that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's like a largely wrote facts. A long statement short. I feel like, uh, yeah, gaming spaces, at least in my experience, are actively hostile to women if, if they are male-dominated. Dom There's a fair amount of misogyny going on there. Yeah. There's a fair amount of, um, shit, what's the term? Incel presence in those environments. Absolutely. Um, I, there were people who, who were explicitly saying that, uh, it, that Snap was a game for men and like women should not be invited or like yeah invited or welcomed to play it they they were explicitly making that argument which i thought was so pretty wild it, to see in 2023 it's it's a bold statement but is it also like i i think it's one of the areas where it's more acceptable to say that not that there's a greater prevalence of it if that makes oh. sense like i think that it's it's just as misogynistic as every other area but yeah you're allowed to say it if you're a gaming person. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I was trying to say is like, uh, I feel like in most other spaces, uh, they would like hedge and wheedle and, and kind of like come up with a, a squirmy way to say it. But in, when you're talking games, especially video games, you can absolutely say that sort of heinous bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. is it sexist or discriminatory to point out obvious physiological differences that will give people carrying larger amounts of testosterone competitive advantages in athletics or in some other venue that is highly competitive where testosterone is known to be something that fuels competitiveness, not just athleticism. I, I am of two minds about the obvious physiological uh, differences. Uh, First of all, the margins are narrow enough that it doesn't matter. And second of all, everybody has inborn physiological differences. I would not be uh, like a very good, what's a position in basketball where you have to be tall? I don't know sports. Whatever one of those is. I would not be good at it. Right. My, Michael Phelps is always going to be a better swimmer than all of us because uh, he is built like a swimming mutant. That's just that's just the way that the well, and I, I think that the, for me the larger issue is that we care so much more about our sports team victorying, being victorious and gaining victory, than we do about equity. And oh, I, that's an interesting angle because I do not care at all about my sports team's victory. Yeah, and it's that's a, why, a, I think that's why we're so like ready for exactly like, yeah, desegregate it, just yeah. go for it because we don't care if if we win. Yeah, but people are so attached to the identity of their sports team that anything that would challenge their dominance, yeah. quote unquote, or their well, victories. It's a, my perception is that the people who are most opposed to desegregating sports are people who are fans of and proponents of women's sports. But is this the same? side that's the same side or yeah it's the same side of that coin it's the same issue right because they want women to have the opportunities to play and if there's a competitive drive going on and winning is at all important then you're going to see a lot more males just using basketball as an example because yes you'll never be you know a, a good center in basketball because you're under six feet tall right um, however there are far more men who meet those physical requirements than there are women. Which is fine. Which means there's a larger competitive pool to draw from. Yeah, which is, again, fine. Yeah. I I think that the 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 problem that and this is what I think I was trying to say earlier. We need to achieve like egalitarianism first, and then we can desegregate sports. Egalitarianism as as in, uh, we need to create a society where when you're putting together a sports team, you would just pick the best players instead of having an innate bias 
towards men and assuming that men are just going to be better players because they are men. Because traditionally men's sports are more popular and more successful because typically only men are allowed to play sports. (laughs) Or only men have been allowed to play sports for decades. You know, I never understood like regionalism and like getting really wrapped up in your sports team until Mm -hmm. I moved to Ohio. Because there was one weekend where the Patriots were playing the Browns and for some reason, and I have no idea why it was, I got irrationally angry every time somebody cheered for the Browns. Like, I don't care about football. I don't care about sports. But I found myself getting, like, genuinely pissed off that people were booing the Patriots. Well, okay. Yeah, that's very confusing for a lot of reasons. Because, like, the Patriots are the villains, so obviously they should be booed. I don't even know. This was, I don't even, this was I don't 2010, even, so I think that was they right were still, in the height of their villain arc. Yeah. Like, they are, they are the heels. And aren't the Browns famously bad? Yes. Yeah. They're atrociously, chronically, famously, pathetically bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking at you. I'm just saying, like, that's... That's a wild, like, anomalous behavior from you. My favorite moment from Whose Line Is It Anyway, ever, was Colin Mockery playing a newscaster. And he goes, this just in. Beverly Hills, 90210, Cleveland Browns 3. (laughs) I get that joke. I understand that reference. (laughs) So do do you find yourself getting, like, emotionally attached to teams chuck as 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 the resident sports person yeah somewhat i mean i'm more of a sports fan than either of you and i like to watch pro games and stuff um i think it's more fun to take a side and to feel some sort of investment um so for me i might decide i like a certain player and that player's backstory and you know, what they've overcome in life and that inspires me and I want to see them succeed. Other times it's just an arbitrary, got to pick a side, might as well pick the team that's closest. And also that's what people around me are doing so I can feel some connection and tribalism going on there. I have something to relate to about if I showed up at work and tried to talk about the Browns or the Arizona Cardinals, I wouldn't have much company. Nobody gives a shit. So I, you know, it's more functional for the community experience and the fun to invest in that. And I think we're capable as human beings to just arbitrarily decide to care about something. I just hope both teams have fun. (laughs) I hope neither team has fun. (laughs) Fuck them. I don't want either one to have a good time. I hope they have a good time. It's more fun to watch when they're having a good time. Yeah. That's one of the big controversies in baseball. Because the traditionalists are like thinking that it's disrespectful to the opponent to celebrate when you do well. But there are plenty of younger people who are like, we like to see people having fun and celebrating when they do well. You know, they're human beings for crying out loud. Yeah. Are they? I'm not convinced. I, I don't see any women up there and half of human beings are women, so. Yeah. It's, not, it's sort of a forbidden thing to study, is what I'm noticing. Like, I don't know that there's real, actual, credible research about the athletic capabilities of a highly trained male versus female, both given, like, equitable opportunities and support and training to do the same sport. Like, how do they compare? Mm-hmm. And not just male-female, but just, you know, to get non-binary, but like testosterone levels, like whoever's carrying more testosterone, is going to have an advantage if all else is equal. But like, nobody seems able to really study that. I'm making yeah. that up. Well, and I think so it's many people like marginal. take artificial hormones anyway. Like some people take artificial hormones anyway. I I challenge the assertion that it would be marginal. Like I guess it depends what you're doing. In golf, it would be marginal. But in basketball, I wouldn't think so. Mm, I mean, basketball isn't all about power. 
Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, f- I football, if, definitely. That's like a Spud full-on Webb, context. Basketball to a lesser degree if, than football. Yeah. If Spud Webb can be Spud Webb, then he uh, he was what, 5'4"? Yeah, 5'6", I think. But that was like, five, six, first of all, like a massive anomaly in the history of the league. But secondly, like still had plenty of testosterone. Like he was able to dunk. Yeah, but it's the... It's the exception that proves the rule, though, that you don't need to be super tall to play basketball. But it's not about height. It's about musculature. And But even then, like, I don't think testosterone doesn't make you better at shooting three-pointers, for example. Right. Like, the testosterone helps in a very specific strategy of putting the ball in the hoop, but not, not every strategy. And there's multiple strategies in basketball. Testosterone well, and, helps with and, everything. I disagree. I don't know. Testosterone well, helps maybe. you so that the three-pointer doesn't get blocked back in your face because you're able to get open. But also agility and speed do that too. Yeah. And there is no male gymnast alive that can do what Simone Biles can do. Wait, here's a question. Uh, have either of you ever done a co-ed sport? Like participated in a co-ed sport? Like where you, where you, were, uh, you could compete against women like in an organized way yeah no i'm not sure if mine counts because it, it was like track and field but uh we did some other athletic stuff among our team like it, during our downtime we would uh we would play like throwing and chasing and agility games and things like that and i mean sure this is in high school but I was outperformed by plenty of girls my age, and I was I was at like the height of my physical powers. I was as strong and as fast as I had ever been. This is yeah. So I guess this is an interesting question. Like, have you ever been physically outperformed by a woman? And uh, listener, constantly. I'm being lazy with my definition of women, but you understand what I mean. I'm constantly outperformed physically by women. Happens all the time. And I am at the peak of my physical abilities right now. Yeah, it's happening every time I went to CrossFit. But also, I was not in shape. They were in shape. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I was... The the point I'm trying to make is that I was in shape. They were also in shape. And they were better than me. I feel and like you would probably have been in roughly the same level of commitment and um, physical training and all of that stuff because everybody on the team has the same, roughly the same level. Yeah. Of that thing, those things. Yeah, and I, I so I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot of men who have never been in that that position and would not know how to react. And I'm 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 getting like I'm just feeling that from the discussion that we're having yeah i think that's probably true sorry i zoned out (laughs) i was thinking about this book i read one time called word freak which is about the international competitive scrabble circuit Mm -hmm. Uh, all the top players are men i'm wondering if the same barriers for people identifying as female to enter that competitive arena would exist in scrabble as well i wouldn't think so no i think it's probably the the same barriers that there are in snap for example it's it's uh women join uh they're overwhelmingly often male opponents uh, are shitty to them enough that they get driven out of the the activity i think there's that and I think also one of the factors is in order to become a person who somehow thinks it's a good idea to spend that much energy getting good at Scrabble, you have to be somewhat crazy in a way that testosterone makes crazy. That I can get behind. I, I No, I, just, I don't agree with that either. I, I think that I, I would say that it is you have to be crazy in a way that is only allowed if somebody else is doing your emotional labor. <gasps> oh, wow. And women don't get to have other people do their emotional labor. That's just not how it works. 
it probably didn't sound that way to anybody else, but I just want to make clear that that that's not an endorsement of the ta- the status quo. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying that's how it should be. I'm saying that, that is. is that's how it is. Like, yes. if you have a standard heterosexual relationship, uh, almost always the woman is going to be doing the bulk of the emotional labor in that relationship. That's you think almost always. I think that's coded. That's one of the things that's like coded into our society that mm-hmm. has been. Um, I think if it was 1955, it would be 98% of the time. But I think now it would be more like 65, 70% of the time. That's, I mean, that's still <laughs> a lot worse than say 50% of the time. And I think, I think that's yeah. probably a little bit low, but I would agree that it is less than it was back then. Yeah. But still enough that things like being crazy enough to, to dedicate your life to Scrabble is... I mean, I might be biased because I've done a fuck ton of emotional labor in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're part of the, the outlier club. Maybe I'm the beta. Maybe I'm ancillary. <laughs> also depends how we're defining emotional labor, I think. You know, I think we're defining it in that nebulous way that we all kind of know what we mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any problems later on down the road when we all realize that we've been talking about different things i mean this is one of our better episodes i think because here we are just across the board labeling competitive scrabble players as emotionally immature and unable to like they need other people to handle their emotions for them and we just i mean it's true though (laughs) like it's true though okay i do well if we are going to pick on professional board game players, we should pick on the professional Monopoly players because those people are losers. I will name, I will, I, I tell you what, I actually have a, I don't know if you want to call it a sport, a game, whatever, competitive event, competitive arena where it appears to me that women can and do compete alongside men. And again, I hate being binary here, but. People who are testosterone dominant or estrogen dominant can compete alongside each other with not much evidence of real difference other okay. than like interest or cap or not capability, interest or socialized into it. And that would be poker. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know of female identifying poker players who've entered the sport, determined to get good at it, get good, get it get really good at it and compete with the best in the world in relatively short amount of time. I feel like I, and of course I'm making a snap judgment here. I feel like the poker culture would be really shitty, but I, I agree with you. I feel like there are a lot, a lot more professional women poker players. And again, using nebulous women, uh, than there are in other like professional gaming activities i guess so maybe maybe the poker culture is not shitty oh it's shitty i read a book called the biggest bluff <laughs> okay uh it's by a, a woman female journalist who decided that her next writing project was going to be becoming a professional poker player uh. so she spent about two years getting intensive training and going to tournaments and she was competing in world championships within two years and she describes not all universally, but more an unfortunate amount of sexism and discouragement and comments and harassment. Yeah. I feel like an unfortunate amount is any. Like, come <laughs> yes. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was fair. a that was clumsy phrasing by me. No, 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 no. I mean I fully I fully agree with you and I know I know what you meant, mm-hmm. but I it that was my way of expressing disdain and derision. For the people who are drive, like actively trying to drive people out of a game that they like, why would you yeah. do that? Poker, well, because poker is a game that, and maybe chess is this way too, but poker is a game where success comes with managing your emotions and not yeah. making emotional decisions, not being resentful and saying, I'll show this guy. You have mm-hmm. to be very calculating and very much in, in aware of the odds and also reading people in a way that your own emotions aren't biasing you. And so if I can get under somebody's skin, I don't care what genitals they've got. If I've got a way to do it, I'm going to do it if I'm that competitive. I don't think you should play games if you don't like games. 
On the other hand, it does debunk some stereotypes, gender stereotypes, that it appears yeah. that female identifying people can reach success just as well as males can in a sport where the job, the thing is to not be hysterical. <laughs> it's to be highly competitive. Right? Yeah, and, and yeah, there, I think there probably is a certain amount of uh, weathering that happens from like growing up and having room temperature sexism thrown at you all the time. It's a, a, and it's a little bit like, did I ever tell you about the, the story where some guy called me an egg, <laughs> he called me an eggplant. What? Oh, it fits. <laughs> totally fits. Yeah, I was. I was like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm more of like a like a caramel. The Beatles had an a, eggplant. The Beatles had a song like that, right? But it landed in the same way, like that. I imagine someone calling you cracker would. Gotcha. Whereas, is you? It's more more kind of bewildered, and also like, what year is it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, explain? I don't understand the reference. Can you explain to me why you're an eggplant? It's a it's a really old racial slur for black people. Is it okay? Yeah. Usually for people who are darker than me. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And I thought um, it was just a euphemism for a dick. No. See. Okay. All right. I'm. Well, I'm sorry that I taught you and maybe listener a new racial slur. It's okay. I, no, I'm, you I'm know okay what with I, that. Maybe the, person, you know what I really, maybe the person was trying to say that you have a big dick. No, that's not what they were saying. Which might also be racist, <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, that is. That's Yeah, that's the what they call benevolent racism. <laughs> uh, I, I was talking with wife the other day, and I realized that uh, before she met me, she had no idea about a whole bunch of racial slurs and stereotypes. I I have like she know she is more racist now because she married me because of my influence. I don't think that's how that works. That's not she, how okay. That works. That's what she being said. Being aware too. of it, being aware of it, does not make you more racist. Being knowledgeable about it doesn't make you more racist. Now, okay. if she just like started embracing those terms and using them casually, then maybe yeah, I would agree with that. All but right, you know what? That I is... have not encountered that with her yet. No, okay, that's actually a very good point, and I do want to stress that wife is not racist. I'm not saying that you're racist, wife. So I think what our resident minority member is trying to impart to us is that having no knowledge of what the experience of uh, African-American people are like or people of color are like and not being aware of what they experience at all makes us less racist and we should definitely just try to ignore at all costs what our BIPOC friends are experiencing. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, think that's what I, that. I don't think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> nope, that fits into my uh, self-identity really well and makes me very comfortable in this world. So, I mean, Okay, it does now. sound, it does, when I think back about what I said, it does sound like that's what I said. But that is not what I was trying to say. Yeah, too late. I was trying to say something completely different. <laughs> too late. <laughs> uh, uh, next, we're going to be Hitler enthusiasts, right? Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, is I Kanye never... just? Is he just trying to be ironic and failing though? Is his whole thing like because he did that interview with the with the face mask with the mask on and the hood on, right? Where he was talking about how Nazis are people too, right? And how we should love all people, including Nazis. Yeah. So is his is that his thing? I have not paid enough attention to him since then to know how oh. that's developed. I mean, that's literally that's... correct. They've discarded yeah. much chunks of their humanity and need to be treated as such, but they are technically people. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the that's the the tricky, the tricky part. Like you, you can't get rid of them without purging them, and you can't purge them without becoming fascist yourself. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. What? You you Not can't. In the slightest. You can't build a civilization on top of a graveyard. No, no, I get that. And I'm not saying that I'm not advocating for the wholesale rounding up and in, uh, encampment of people who I consider to be Nazis. Right. Like, that's not what I'm advocating for. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I can punch a Nazi without being a Nazi. 
You know what I'd like to oh, do? No, for sure. I think I I think that all Hitler enthusiasts should expect a punch, and it should be socially acceptable to punch no, them. No, what I would like to do is traffic them. Back to where they came from? <laughs> uh, okay, so you can't get rid of Nazis without becoming a Nazi? Was that the premise? Uh, you can't, you can't uh, round them up and exterminate them. Sure. I don't know how That's many, what I'm trying to say. I don't know how many. I think... But you can punch them. So we can inflict pain and cause them to be uncomfortable and held accountable without rounding them up and exterminating them. I think I think the only way the only way that you could deal with them is <laughs> and I know how this is gonna sound, but understand that I mean it in the best possible way. Rounding them up and re educating them. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like you would, you would have to, you would have to one by one deprogram them. Oh my god, that sounded it's the, so it's Soviet. The, <laughs> it's the rounding them up that's the problem, right? Like that's the problem. It's the trafficking. It's it's, the it's, trafficking that's the problem. Okay, it's the, but it's because if you put, if you put a drop of sewage in a barrel of wine, then you have a barrel of sewage. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. And here's here's the thing. The, the people that say like peace and love and happiness is the only way to change those minds. Yeah. That's I don't think that meets the reality test because there are a lot of people who are very clearly not good. You were so so fervently against the reality test last week when we were talking about speeding. That's completely different. Yeah, no, that's completely different. Okay. I, I thought it might be. I'm just trying that out. <laughs> it felt right. <laughs> I was like, well, and you did concede I the point eventually a... when we pointed out that your views were entirely unrealistic. But go ahead. And I think I there's say... a difference yeah. between speeding and burning a cross on somebody's lawn. I think there's a pretty big difference there. And I only said that it's completely different because I thought it would be funny. One of those I, things could potentially kill somebody. Yeah, the speeding. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no there, are, there are definitely people that you hear them talk and you know that they are racist. You know that they are Hitler enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem like rounding those people up. And I don't think that that's fascism to, to I... like... I think, encamp those to traffic those people into re-education camps. I don't think that's fascist. I, I think you can, I think you could with enough time and effort and trying a different approach and it would have to be like one by one. And this is the problem. There's no way to, to mass do it. You have to do it one by one to individually unlock each person's not worth it whatever it was holding them i think uh, holding them back making that much effort only legitimizes the threat it's like, of, like it makes them seem more dangerous than they actually are uh, that's if you assume that they're not dangerous i'm not saying they are i'm not saying they're not dangerous yeah i'm saying that i think that danger may be overblown i don't think so i think that you are somebody who lives in rural maine and are white that's those are facts. Well, I don't. Okay. I don't think now, you encounter the true danger very often. There's a yeah. That I think is a better way to say it. Like, uh, yeah. I think I think that that's probably what it is. Is uh, and I, this is a conversation I've had with people where, yeah, they they are probably not dangerous to you. No, that, absolutely. And, yes. Right. Right. And and what I'm saying is they would almost never be dangerous to you so like it's it's like uh i guess it would be kind of like if you saw a, an extremely venomous spider uh and you didn't know that it was extremely venomous and uh you know what i don't even know where i'm going with this but but basically yeah like it's uh it's not dangerous to you and you will never like have that feeling of danger because you wouldn't even be able to recognize that they are dangerous is what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at. Right. Yes. Well, and I, and I think 
another metaphor that might work for this was kind of what was going on in the COVID experience where a lot of people were, were selfish about it and saying, hey, I'm not in the demographic that's most at risk here. So therefore, I'm not going to take any precautions. It's not dangerous mm. to me. So yes. why should I have to get the shot? Why should I have to wear a mask when it's not dangerous to me? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a, a more practical thing is uh, I get a little bit nervous when I see a sun and rad, but not a lot of people do. Or if I see an Odal rune somewhere, I'm like, huh, yeah. I should probably avoid that. No, that was further clumsy speech on my part. When I said the danger may be overblown, because I was thinking right. not of the like actual violent threats that they make and, and carry out. I was yeah. thinking more of the socio-political influence. Oh, and I and it's it's funny because that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Like it's they yeah. that's it's a corrosive force on society. Hmm. It actively breaks down society. Yeah. Uh, and if you allow those those ideas and attitudes to spread unchecked and be passed on to like to the next generation any children that they're exposed to then you're going to end up with uh yeah a, a really corrosive effect right on society. but that's my question is do we need to round up uh and re-educate uh or in turn these people in order to curb or stop or um, impair the effect the corrosive effect on society yeah and that's the thing rounding up i think is is extreme it doesn't really work because once you have rounded up a group of people for re-education you've created an incredible barrier uh that's that means that most of those people that you have rounded up are going to die of old age before you get them to come around Mm -hmm. the i think the only way to do it is to restructure society and in induce an attitude of cooperation among citizens i think you're essentially talking about education like actually well-funded effective public education yeah although some of the people you're talking about are educated privately yeah Yeah. that that i think that that method assumes that there are uh people who don't know what they're doing people who don't know that their viewpoints are harmful or bad or quote unquote evil right well that's as you just reality, think of education as as uh uh fighting ignorance but education is more than fighting ignorance education is social training education is includes values training as much as people resistant to admit that it's part of the deal but the, i think the problem is that a, a large number of people and a lot of times the most vocal people on the on the right and the alt-right specifically are highly educated they are intelligent people they know exactly what they're doing they're why highly they're educated and poorly educated i i don't know if i agree with that i think i think that that gives them a pass if you say that if you say that it was the education that's the problem, it allows no, them. I'm not saying education is the problem. Us. I'm saying education is the solution. Right. But you, when you said they're poorly educated. Right. They're, the, the quality of their education the, was poor. And I don't think that's they're the They're highly educated and they know all the wrong shit. No, yeah. I think they know. Like they are, I think. And that's what I'm saying is that it removes, like saying that it's a problem with education removes their agency. In the same Hold way. on. Okay. I. I think I think I understand what Jeff is saying. Okay, uh, it is, and I think I understand what what Chuck is saying. And let me see if I can synthesize what you are saying. Okay, so for example, uh, these white supremacists know they were taught that the Holocaust happened, so it was highly educated, and it is correct. They are poorly educated because, for whatever whatever like reasons that go along with that, they they agree that. The Holocaust happened, and they also think that it was good that it happened. So, high, highly educated, they have the information. Poorly educated, they have been driven or reached the wrong conclusions. I don't think so. and I, I think that, I, I mean, yes, the wrong conclusion, but the conclusion isn't that the Holocaust was good. The conclusion is that the Holocaust was beneficial to me, me being that person. I was, I it's was, not that it was a good thing that had happened. It, it was a 
subjugating other people and enforcing racist and sexist policies is something that is good for me. Or, in their view, good for humanity as a whole as they choose to see, have their own definition of humanity. Yeah. You know, actually, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I think I kind of figured out what the problem is. Glad somebody has. (laughs) It is when, I think, yeah, I think that a lot of problems are caused when someone harms somebody else for their own benefit, like their own personal benefit. So we just need to, like, cut that out. We need to not be selfish assholes. Yeah. yeah, let's we just cut that out. I don't I don't want to say that being poorly educated removes a person's per, uh, removes any personal responsibility or that the people shouldn't be held accountable for their actions because they were poorly educated. And if anything, I'm, yeah. I'm more in favor of personal responsibility than either of you two based on previous discussions we've had. It's more a matter of trying to be forward looking and like. So, you know, what's going to most likely present, prevent more of the next generation of rednecks being neo-Nazis answer if their, you know, public schooling is effective enough that they can be at least able to question uh, and critically think in a healthy way. And also, like, yeah, have some values that would be embracing of diversity and information and uh, peace. I think that is a very optimistic uh, way to approach. Well, I'm not saying any of this is really possible or going to happen. I think you should always start with optimism because that's where the good ideas are. Yeah. And it's not as though we're going to round them up and re-educate them any other way. I heard, oh, and yeah. I wish I could remember, I wish I could remember where I heard this, but it was a comedian sometime around 2017. So it was a while back that, and I, so I don't remember who it was. But they were talking about how they grew up in the Bible Belt and their experiences uh, talking to people who voted for Trump from that area. Mm -hmm. And their number one takeaway was that nobody cared about the policies. Nobody cared about anything other than this will really piss off the Democrats. This will Mm -hmm. really piss off the liberals. Mm -hmm. Right. That is not a problem with education. That is not a problem with more, with uh, values. That is a problem with uh, somebody being broken because you are more concerned with hurting other people than you are with the good of the world. So what you're saying is that those people should uh, get a life and or a hobby because they they have they're cheering for their team. Over a different team. Like, it's regionalism. It is absolutely a problem of education. What you just described is the epitome, like the classic example of a problem of education. It nails my point. Mm -hmm. Because liberals are what? According to these folks. I get it. I get it. I get it. Educated. They embrace education. They embrace knowledge. They embrace diversity. This is all of the things that the Trump voters hate. Because they can't have it, and they don't have it, and they don't get it. And they view the liberals as looking down on them and sneering at them as lesser beings. And their only way they know how to cope with that is to fucking stick it to them somehow. No. (laughs) You know what? I really like the way this discussion has gone. And I'm very sad that our discussion began with conversations about digging out compacted feces with sticks. Because I think listener will have abandoned us in that part of the show. And not stuck around for for what we're doing now. Okay. I do have to say that I, I kind of like that there's... Uh, it's almost like there's like a, a membrane around our podcast episodes. And if you can penetrate mm-hmm. through that layer, you can get to the juicy stuff inside. But there's going to be... It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're digging out some poop. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be there's gonna be a, a, a kind of difficult rind that you have to get through. The beginning of our episode is like the foreskin. And then once we become erect, <laughs> like that kind of yeah. slips away and we get the good part. Yeah. Just like glistening and like oozing ideas. Uh, Dripping with ideas. We're, now we're into the smegma of our conversation. I speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what is smegma? I always assumed that smegma was uh, something not related to the penis. Oh, no. It's no, very much related it's, to the penis. It's, yeah, yeah. 
famously related to the penis. Do you know what toe jam is? Yes. Okay, that's penis. It's it's penis it's, toe jam. Yeah. Okay, I don't think that's what smegma is. Oh, for heaven's sake! I gotta look up yet another word. Why am I doing all the emotional labor for you people? Because <laughs> you have low testosterone. Smegma is a secretion of the oil glands around the genitals. For men, smegma often appears under the foreskin. In women, it's most likely to appear between the folds of the labia or around the clitoral hood. Smegma yeah. has several distinct characteristics: thick cheese-like consistency. Uh-huh. Yum. Fuck my life. <laughs> Why? Yeah. It's Why do dick, I talk to you people? It's dick cheese. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, no, hold on. I was about to say, didn't you bring it? But you did not bring up Spegma. I did. Yes. Because I was using yeah, a metaphor. Th- thanks for that. Thanks yeah. for Toe that. jam refers to a buildup of the debris and gunk between the toes. Uh, it's not from glands. It's external dirt, lint, inflammation, yeah. etc. Yeah. Smegma is 100% natural, though. <clears throat> yes, but you do need to clean it out. Well, yeah. I don't know if you personally do. One does need to clean it out. All right, since we are back to talking about gross stuff, did you hear about, uh, I think this was during the pandemic, that woman who made uh, bread with her vaginal yeast? Oh, did you hear, you told me about this. Uh, did you hear about the amaranth's beer? <gasps> no, yeah. amazing idea. Yeah, noted adult star and OnlyFans uh, multi-millionaire Amaranth yeah. is selling beer made from her vaginal yeast. I would never buy it, but I would take a sip of that. Dan, <laughs> I'm guessing you're the only one here who makes smegma or collects smegma. Can you Me? collect smegma? Yeah. Do you have like a, a, a box <laughs> under your bed where you keep all your smegma? <laughs> So, if my assumption is correct, and it's like it's got like toothpicks and Q-tips. And if my assumption is correct, thing. then you need to clean out smegma on a regular basis. Is there a product that we could make from it to use for marketing our podcast? That's what I'm getting at. Why do you think that I have smegma? I don't know. I just know. I just. I, what did we learn today? I think we learned that I'm circumcised. <laughs> and i was therefore assuming that jeff is also and then like what statistically today you know maybe one what did we learn one today? third of all men are not so <laughs> <laughs> listener write in with your guess hold on i gotta look that up how many men are circumcised so thanks for joining us everybody i appreciate uh you sticking with us through this I really appreciate the support. I don't think I could do this alone. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look up Mansploring. Email us at mansploringpod at gmail.com. Uh, and you can please uh, don't hesitate to email. We deserve that hate mail. Thanks for listening. Could it everybody. be Smegma? Good night, listener. <laughs> Bye.